Welcome to Let's Chat with JCP, a podcast where we aim to make the law interesting, lawyers approachable, and break down any barriers that you may have about getting in touch with your local law firm. I'll be chatting with Team JCP and our guests to help answer your burning legal questions in a transparent and jargon-free way. Hello, so I'm Amy Setman. I'm the Marketing Director at JCP Solicitors, and I'm really pleased to be here today recording our inaugural podcast. Big shout out to say thank you, first of all, to the team at Rethink PR and Marketing for making this happen for us today. Although when I mess it up and it goes terribly wrong, they'll probably cut this bit out anyway. So let's meet the first person who we're going to be chatting to today. Hi, Emma. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. This is really awkward. I don't really know how to start it. (laughs) I know. So um, Emma is from what we call ourselves Team JCP. Emma's a director in our business and head of our very busy but brilliant, I would say that, uh, residential property team. So what we thought we would do first in our, in our section one of our podcast is kind of meet the person behind the professional profile, because this podcast, after all, is all about breaking down barriers and being more transparent. So Emma, let's learn a little bit more about you, apart from the fact that um, we know that you are a mum of two busy boys and we can mostly find you on a football pitch on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty much my life. Um, I've got two little boys, one who's two um, and is just a terror, um, and Jack, who's very much into football. He's football mad. He's eight years old, um, plays for Birch Grove um, and also for Britain Ferry. So my weekends and my weekday nights are mostly spent as you said by the side of a football pitch and when you're not by the side of a football pitch and when you're not in work we can also find you at the gym yes that's definitely my escape from uh, my reality I go there can switch off and yeah you'll find me there suffering away somewhere in the corner yeah but you love it we know you love it really (laughs) as you and I both say we both love to eat so we both really love to work out so that we it's got to be done yeah (laughs) um so uh, you're a business owner at JCP um, and also as well as heading up our, our residential property team as well. And one of the things that I think it's important uh, to say on this podcast today is that um, you are a business owner, but you, you're also a part-time worker. You work you work four times a week, um, four, four times a week, sorry, four days a week. You yeah, work- honestly, it's more than four times to listen to her, I promise. <laughs> four days a week. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because as women, we do hear a lot about, you know, if you're a part-time worker, if you've got, you know, a parent responsibilities, you know, it's likely to impact on your career and you won't make your way to the top, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, you are completely the opposite of that. And it and it's really untrue. You know, you've broken down those barriers. Um, and I think that you're kind of, you're an inspiration and a role and a role model to others in the legal profession because you have progressed your p- career as you have to get to become one of the owners at, you know, one of South Wales' leading businesses. Yeah, thanks for that, Amy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it obviously has taken hard work, but I've been very lucky to be in a business that's supported me and it hasn't been a barrier to my career progression at all. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, well, definitely, as I said, I do think that's, you know, that's inspirational and I think it's really important for other people to to hear that as well um okay so tell me a little bit about I mean obviously residential property you know there's the market goes up and down we've been through various different um states of the market especially in in recent years through covid um tell me a little bit about what the what your team looks like now Okay. um, Well, our team is actually one of the largest teams in the firm. Um, We're spread across um, the South Wales corridor, the M4 corridor. So we've got offices down in Fishguard, 
um, all the way up to Caerphilly. Um, there's 23 in the team now, which is a mixture of um, conveyances as well as legal assistance. Um, just a very, very busy team service in the South Wales area. Okay. Great. Busy. Yeah, they are busy. And we call them our, I know, God, this is really cheesy, but we do call them our JCP conveyance and heroes, don't we? Because they are, they're all heroes in our yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a tough job, but they are really approachable and um, hardworking. And they're lovely. a great team. And they are. They're a great team. Yeah. Um, but also, just as a, another role in our business, because I find this really fascinating, you're what's called our COLP, which is um, the Compliance Officer for Legal Practice. So apart from being um, one of the reasons or one of the people in our business that enables the rest of us to sleep at night, <laughs> in a nutshell, what does this role mean? Yeah, you all get to sleep at night, but then I don't. Um, so basically, with the COLP role is to make sure that we're complying with the multitude of um, legal regulations that we've got for anti-money laundering, for ensure our legal practice is being run in the way that's compatible with our regulators, um, ensuring the protection of our clients' best interests and also their money, because obviously we're dealing with large amounts of money on behalf of our clients. Yeah, and that's why it's really, you know, we are regulated by the SRA and um, that's why I guess whenever I'm talking to people who are thinking about doing, because you can do various legal things now, like making a will, for example, with a business that's not regulated, um, and that's why I say, well, why would you why would you not go to someone who's regulated under like the SRA, for example, because of the professional indemnity insurance, et cetera, that you get that all the rules and everything that comes yeah, with that. Protections that come there for you as a client that, you know, we've got to make sure that we're looking out for you and your best interests when we're regulated. Great. So um, back to the day job. Um, so in a nutshell, what is conveyancing? Okay, in a nutshell, it's basically the legal side of moving home. So we deal with transfer of ownership. We take a look at um, what you're buying or what you're selling, making sure there's no nasty surprises in there for you, um, and eventually complete all the paperwork so we can hand over the keys to you and the, the property's finally yours. Excellent. Um, so just hypothetically, let's say um, I'm a first time buyer. Um, I've just found my dream house. Um, it's going to be the largest purchase of my life to date. And I've made an offer. What happens next? Well, if you haven't already, make sure you instruct your solicitor straight away because that's really important to get that underway. Um, make sure that you have obviously gone to your um, financial advisor to make sure you've got all the money side of things lined up with your mortgage offer. Um, when you come to your solicitor, they will um, send out some initial paperwork to you. It's really important to read through that. That will tell you about the process. But there's some really important documents that you need to get back to us, such as your ID documents, um, bank statements, um, things like that, that we really, really need to be able to progress matters on your behalf. Yeah, it sounds like getting the, all those documents back can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. That is probably the slowest part for us um, is trying to gather all that information. So if you can be ready and have that to hand straight away, it will put you way ahead of the game. Um, and then following that, we um, order searches. So we can take a look at the property. As I said, make sure there's nothing there that would cause a nasty surprise to you. We would report out on that to you to tell you all about it so you know what you're buying. We'll agree dates get everything exchanged where contracts are swapped. Um, and then usually a week later is your completion date where you can move into your new home and get your keys. So something that got demoed to me the other day, and I thought it was, I thought this was 
brilliant and kind of the modern way of working. And I think this is something that we bought in during kind of COVID is something called third thought. So can you explain how third thought works? Because I find this fascinating. Yeah. So this is a really simple way. And as you said, it was to do with COVID where we couldn't see people face to face. Um, It's an an app basically that you can have on your um, mobile phone. And with it, um, you can upload your ID documents and your bank statements that we can do to do the checks on you. So ID documents like passport, driving license? Yep. Um, that's right. Your proof of address. So any utility bills, um, things like that. So those are the things that we need to be able to check you are who you say you are. Um, and also for us to have a look and see where the monies are coming from as well. So that's all done really quickly online. It's pings across to you. You download the app, take a picture of your documents. They go up and then they come back to us and tell us if we need to do more checks or if you verified which nine times out of 10, that will do it for us. I mean, that's great. I mean, if I was a buyer and I could just do that from the comfort of my own home, you know, without having to be back and forth, posting things, bringing things back, getting things stamped, that they're official copies. So quick and so simple. Ah, great. But you also talked then a little bit about source of wealth. And this is something that I've found really interesting recently is that, you know, when you are buying a home and you've, if you are putting your own deposit in or you're perhaps being gifted that deposit from parents, et cetera, you, we now have to do this thing called a source of wealth check. Do you, will you just explain what that means? Yeah. So under the anti-money laundering regulations. Oh, here we go. Regulations sorry, again. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'll try and keep it brief. We have to check um, where the monies have come from. So make sure it's not come from a source where it shouldn't have basically um and it's it is awkward because people think we're being very intrusive and I, I understand that I get that but it's something that we have to do because there are financial as well as criminal penalties that can come to us if we don't do it so we will take a look at the statements to see how you've accumulated that deposit has it been through savings over a number of years have you had an inheritance have you had shares which you've sold and we look at all those things just to make sure that we know where those monies have come from um, and that they are legitimate Okay. So that's some of the tough part of your role. I guess some of that's quite, it's not nice because it's a bit uncomfortable. Sometimes it's not a good conversation, but sadly, you know, we do have to yeah, ask those questions. Right. Um, so let's move away from the tough bit. So tell us about the best bits. What do your team like best about what they do? I think the best bit really are obviously the ultimate when you've completed and you've got your happy buy-in, you're handing over the keys and then moving into their dream house that's obviously a really lovely feeling. But also when you get the feedback from people saying, you know, thank you, you've made a, what is a stressful situation as easy as you possibly can. Um, that's a really nice feeling to have as well. I love reading all the reviews from your clients because they all come to my inbox and I love reading them. I love seeing what clients are saying about them on, online. And you know what? I think the best part about that is when you actually send them to your team and they're so pleased. It Honestly, it really, it makes, it means the world to them that their clients leave that feedback online. Yeah. If I ever get them in my inbox on a Friday, I always try and get them to them before the end of the day because I think that's such an something that's so nice for them to take home for the weekend such a feel good factor to know that you've done a good job and somebody's appreciated it yeah. so yeah it's oh, fantastic lovely I'm gonna ask a quick question that's about clearing something up so uh, I often hear people make reference to their deeds their house deeds they say oh my my deeds are with this law firm or you guys have my deeds so what is this? Do they still exist? Are there such things as musty piles of old documents that relate to all of our houses? There are definitely lots and lots of large piles of musty old documents uh, relating to titles to your property. I can definitely vouch for that. Um, however, most of it now is 
not really required because everything is stored electronically with um, HM Land Registry. So your title deed is now effectively a couple of sheets of paper um, with a land registry, um, and we can get those downloaded very simply and easily. Anyone can get your copies. So if you need to get uh, your house deed, you can. Um, it's not to say that the old deeds aren't needed. Sometimes the old ones are needed because there's not a copy there. But the majority of the time, that's all you need is what's at the land registry. Um, and a lot of people just keep those deeds as a historical reference. Um, so it's not the end of the world if you don't find them there. As long as it's registered, the land registry, it's all fine. Excellent. Thank you very much for clearing that up. Five top tips for home buyers and sellers from JCP solicitors. Number one, check your conveyancing quotations carefully. Do they all contain the same items? Number two, have your documents ready. It's a complicated process and you will have to provide various identification. Number three, it's a legal requirement for the person providing the deposit to prove source of wealth. Start collecting your most recent statements for savings, shares and or investments, for example. Number four, locate your management company. Common delays are caused by the missing management packs for leasehold properties. Order this as soon as you can. And finally, number five, read your reports. It's time-consuming but important. Make sure you know what you're getting for your hard-earned cash. If you're not sure on anything, ask your conveyancer. So now, Emma and I are joined by Cat uh, Solis from Dawson's Estate Agents. So thanks ever so much for agreeing to be our first ever guest today. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. So firstly, a little bit um, about you, because we're doing the personal stuff behind the professional profile every time. So um, you recently relocated from Cardiff to West Wales. So tell us a little bit about that move. Yes, so recently relocated. Um, I was craving a lifestyle change and more rural environment. Um, so that's the story there. Yeah. <laughs> and you live with your, um, your fiancé and your three rescue dogs. And we could just turn this whole podcast into a whole podcast about dogs now, couldn't we? But we'll yeah. try not to. But tell us, tell us their names. Yeah, so uh, we have two German Shepherds named Eleven and Austin and Dude, our very energetic cook spaniel. So our spare time in the West is never boring. Um, as the owner of three English Spring Spaniels, I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> completely understand. <laughs> so your, what's your role? What do you do at the moment at Dawson's? Yeah, so my role is a senior digital operations manager and I work alongside our sales director and help to support um, her role and also branches as well. So um, a little bit of a plug then as you're our guest today tell us a little bit about Dawson's and how long have you been around and what do you do? So we celebrated 30 years in business in 2021 um, winning numerous awards through the decades uh, last year being no exception Um, and we cover residential sales and lettings property management, auctions, commercial, land and new homes and relocation networks. So pretty much anything to do with property then, you're there. Everything property, absolutely. Oh, fascinating, yeah. Yeah, I think I do. I do really, well, I've always said I think the estate agents would be such a really interesting business to work for. Um, and you, you know, I think one of the things we've been trying to say on this podcast is that we're promoting kind of 
using local, uh, using long-established businesses, you know, making sure you find people you trust. So if you are looking to sell your home or whatever, is making sure you shop around and you and you see what else is, is available to you. Um, and what do you think um, are your, the biggest challenges that estate agents face? Well, I'd say not only speaking for myself from my own experience, but also, you know, on behalf of the sales team at Dawson's is because selling and buying can be one of the most stressful experiences you will go through. I guess it's one of your biggest purchases that you'll make in your, Absolutely. In your life. So it can be very stressful for, for our clients. And it's it's about managing that. Um, too many estate agents believe that their job is to just agree a sale, um, just to get an offer. But that's just the start of the journey, as you two know. Um, so the critical role really is to just to make sure a sale becomes sold and then exchange contracts. And you have what's called, um, you have, a, you've explained this to me, a dedicated sales progression team. So yes. that's something that not every estate agent has and something that you wouldn't find, for example, if you were going to use like an online agent. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So it means that our clients have dedicated person pulling all the strings um, in the background. It's it's all about problem solving and paving the way for the sale. So it's as stress-free as possible. Um, and, you know, just to make sure that it all ends on a happy note. And our clients know that when they are dealing with their sales progression um, hero. <laughs> oh, I like how you did Thank that you, then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, their hero isn't going to be pulled away, you know, in a different direction to go on a viewing or to collect keys from somewhere. They are dedicated just and in that role. Absolutely. They, yeah. they make. Guess, sorry, Kat, to interrupt you there, but I guess, Emma, that's where your team, when you're working with clients locally as well, having that local agent and having a local agent just on that role makes a difference to your side as well. Yeah, it's invaluable for us because we've got that contact straight away, you know, it just helps pull everything together. So this, I know I'm going to go back to the pictures online again, and I know there's more to your business than just all the pictures that we look at online, but, um, I was going to ask you a question. So what is the weirdest thing that you've ever had to remove from um, a photograph before from a house before you've taken the photographs? So I have to speak for a quote my colleague, Matt, at Algosinum Branch, where I spent some time last year. Actually, I'm not sure if I wanted to ask that question or not. <laughs> um, say for him that it was a naughty magazine. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. I what do... does that mean, Kat? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm allowed to go into detail, but... <laughs> so when you're looking online, like there's houses where that they've obviously taken their own pictures and there's like washing on the radiators and stuff. And you do look at that and you think, oh, why didn't you just remove your washing from the radiator before you posted the pictures of your house online? And I guess that's if one of the services you provide is that quality of professional photography. And I guess you would come in and say to the client, we need to move this, we need to move that. Yes, absolutely. It's about being proactive. There's something so simple that you would never think of perhaps of moving would stand out in a photograph online. Things like towels, rubber gloves, bins, dog bowls, um, yeah. things like that. I've got all the things I never would think of. Yeah. General, everything you kind of need for your day-to-day life, really hide it away. Hide it away. Hide it away. <laughs> Excellent. And the best pictures I think that I've ever seen, and I asked you this question because I wasn't 100% sure that it was yours, but it was a Dawson's picture. So I was pictures of dogs when the dogs are in the house. We're bringing it back to the dogs again. Yes. So the two sausage dogs and the beagle. We've recently put a blog out um, about these dogs and how they helped sell the homes. So that was really interesting. I, know, I wouldn't want the home unless I was getting the dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were so cute. <laughs> 
Because I think, like you said, about 90% of the information our brain processes are visuals. Yes. I think those images, though, make a huge difference, don't they? Absolutely. So people love visuals, um, but we are faced with, we come across hundreds of digital adverts every day. So, you know, it's important to capture audiences' attention. Sometimes if you only have a window of a few seconds, for example. So when you think of how people generally search for properties, not everybody, but in general, um, and the majority will go online to a property portal or a website and you'll fill in your criteria and then you're presented sometimes with often pages of properties to choose from. So going back to the doggy photos, um, a decision we made was to, to include sort of something that was really exciting and interesting to be able to capture our audience's attention. Oh, interesting. Okay, I like that. I, I don't know what other animals you'd put in a picture so they would all stand out. Just maybe a dogs dogs wouldn't appeal to people who aren't dogs people, but cats would appeal to people who are cat cat people. I don't know. I don't know. Watch this space on Dawson's website. Yeah. Watch this space and see Watch what Dawson's come up with next. <laughs> So um, what's the strangest viewing you've ever done? I'd probably say it was conducting a viewing on a property where one of the owners was still in bed with covers over his head. Oh my God. (laughs) Imagine having that like amount of confidence in your life (laughs) that you were just like, yeah, come on in and you just put the covers over your head. Just carry on. Yeah. To be that person, to be that confident, to be able to do that. That's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) So I've got a couple of um, little questions to throw in for you. So um, one of those is, um, should I really be doing all those outstanding bits of DIY, all the ones, all the all the bits and pieces I've been putting off since the dawn of time. Well, if we'll doing them now really make that much of a, of a difference. Well, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, Amy, but yes, it oh. does make a difference. Painting party, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> think I'm washing my hair. (laughs) If you stage your home well, you're not only more likely to sell faster, but it might also make it more valuable too. So I know what it's like. It it is daunting until you actually start. But for me, once I start, I really enjoy getting creative. So in summary, I would advise tidying up, getting rid of any excess clutter, giving rooms a fresh lick of paint, weeding outdoors and just generally fixing those little snagging things will make a huge difference when you are selling your home. And when people are coming around my house to visit for visits to see if they want to buy it, will baking fresh bread actually sell my house quicker? So the smell of fresh bread generally is classed as a good one, but is also quite subjective topic. Um, as it turns out, the vast majority of us gen- genuinely prefer the usual suspects like fresh bread or fresh cookies. Um, but I'd also say to consider, you know, your age range too and who your likely buyer is going to be. So millennials, for example, won't be as drawn to the smell of fresh bread as, say, a slightly older house hunter. And re- recent research has actually found that millennials like the smell of fresh clothes laundry. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm just, I can just about call myself a millennial. And actually, you saying that, I can already smell fresh laundry. So, yes, I think that would be the thing. Because if someone was baking bread, I'd just sit there and think, oh, I'd be, I would never be doing that. But I might do a load of washing occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in summary, a home that smells good will increase your chances of selling but on the flip side a bad smell in your home is guaranteed to put off potential buyers as well five top tips for selling your home from dawson's 
Number one, focus on curb appeal to create a great first impression for the buyer. Clean windows, tidy the entranceway and clear pathways. Number two, make sure any necessary repairs and maintenance have been completed and everything is in working order. Number three, your kitchen and bathroom are key rooms for selling your property. Give them some extra love so you can show them off at their best. Number four, consider redecorating with neutral colours so that the buyer can better imagine how they will personalise the property. And finally, number five, to give the impression of space, store away any furniture and home accessories that are not used regularly. So in this last section, we're going to talk a, like a little bit about a hypothetical situation because obviously whilst we all work together and do our best for our clients, you know, inevitably things can go, things can go wrong or uh, there can be testing situations. Um, so I think what's really important here now, because this podcast is all about breaking down barriers, et cetera, is to, for you, Kat and Emma to chat about, you know, what things get, what kind of things can go wrong and why two local businesses um, work together really well to try help to resolve those issues. So I'm handing the floor over to you. Okay. Well, I think from my perspective and from my experience where we encounter um, difficulties more often is probably where there are long chains involved. I don't know if you feel the same, Kat, and that's been your Absolutely. experience. Yes. Um, so when you say long chains, you mean like someone can't buy until someone else sells someone can't sell because someone else buys yeah so yeah. sometimes you've got a chain of uh, maybe four or five houses being sold as well as four or five houses being bought uh, so if you think there's like eight or nine people that are all trying to do the same thing and it's, it's all linked together in one big chain because you need the money from one to pass to the next to pass to the next that's what we're on about when we're talking about a chain um, and the longer they are the more problems that you can encounter just because you've got more people and more properties with all of their little quirks. Um, and that's where if you're going to have an issue, it tends to be then. And having um, local people, um, local agents, local solicitors working together can be really, really helpful because you've got the reputations, you've got the links and the um, experience um, and the trust with one another to try and work through those and help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would echo that. And just to say that long, long chains can cause problems and it is just vital to be able to trust the agent and the conveyancer, you know, that you have to, to get you through it. And if, you know, for, for me, I've heard so many horror stories, you know, where there are, you know, people that have instructed online agents or, you know, um, an agent with no sales progression team, perhaps dedicated. And, you know, it's just to be mindful that, you know, an agent with the lowest commission is not always the best or most cost effective. Um, so I would always say to, you know, to look for a local agent that offers the greater service for their fee rather than the cheapest. Um, and it will, you know, it, it undoubtedly costs you in the long run if, if the agent is just listing a property for sale and not doing any sales progression work and, and, and working with the conveyances to get you from A to B. Yeah. From our perspective, um, from the legal side of things, a lot of these online agencies have a preferred solicitor, um, which always tend to not be local. 
Um, they're more like a call center. So they've got very high numbers of cases, um, which means that you are just a number. Um, and it's very frustrating for us where there is a chain and we're involved because half the time we can't get hold of them to discuss matters. They haven't got the knowledge to be able to progress things when we do get hold of them. And it just causes delay and increases the stress for everybody involved. Absolutely. And, you know, with, with lack of communication is, is normally increases the chances of a sale falling through because when there's no communication or lack of communication, people get stressed out. And, you know, it's when things can go wrong, especially if time is of the essence, you are in a chain, a sale falling through can not only cost you money, time, but it can actually be emotionally scarring as well. So, you know, using, you know, an agent and a conveyancer who's local, you know, they are friendly, you know, you can pop in if you need to, um, I think is, 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 is really important. Yeah, it's invaluable actually to be yeah. able to have those relationships. Um, there are quite a lot of forms. It is quite complicated and just being able to pop in and have a quick chat with your agent or with your solicitor can just ease the pressure hugely for you. And also, I, I guess from when I'm looking at it from kind of, we're talking about it from a marketing point of view, um, like an, a local estate agent will pretty much understand quite a lot of the legal forms and stuff that has to be done. And, and the same from our side, we can always say, well, you need to go back to your estate agent to do that. And um, I know whilst we might be competing with other, you know, for example, Dawson's are competing with other estate agents from we're law firms, we're there are other good law firms available in the area, you know, but it is really important from from all of our point of view that there are other there are other agents who we know who you guys can work with. There's other law firms who we get on really well with that we can work with, that there's any problems we can pick up the phone to them. And, and I guess that we are also all working together to make sure that our industry and the kind of conveyancing industry, the state agent industry, we remain respected and we and we and valued and and that we give a really good impression. So clients come back and they they recommend to their friends, don't go and use this online supplier. Make sure you use someone local. You will find the benefit of, of doing this. Is that kind of fair enough? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, knowing that you've got somebody that you can trust, um, that our industry is trusted because of the people and the contacts that we've got in them is invaluable. Um, from our point of view, we can't act on both sides, act for a buyer and a seller. So being able to work with local solicitors who are also of high quality and we know will progress matters is so hugely important. And knowing if we have got some issues with the clients that we can go to the agent and they can be there to support them and help us as well. And I think Emma, from the point of view of um, using, you know, like what you said is like use someone local or um, someone you can trust, but also perhaps if there are other issues on the legal side that fall out from the conveyancing, maybe it's a, a boundary dispute or something like that, you know, where, what's going to happen to that? Who's going to deal with that? Is that, is there someone in that firm who can take on that matter or will you be stuck and have a, have a problem you can't find a solution to? Yeah, exactly. I mean, from our perspective, we've got, um, a very wide range of services that we can offer. So we know that with our clients, if an issue does arise and a separate legal issue, we can address it and we can keep it. So it's, it's all contained for the client, which makes things a lot simpler and a lot easier. And that is something to think about. Think about your conveyancer. Is this what they do? 
Uh, is this their specialism or are they being spread between going to court in the morning and then trying to do your conveyancing in the afternoon, for example, because this can cause delays and it can be very frustrating if you need to speak to them urgently and they're not there. So think about the firm as a whole as well and what they can offer and to support you. Great. Well, I think that's all we've got time for pretty much today. So um, what I would just do a little summary. So my my takeaway from today is, um, you know, do your research, um, look up your review sites, look up um, different awards, quality marks, um, you know, ask around, get recommendations from your friends and family who have also used local firms. Um, think about what else you get for your quote. So for example, if one supplier is £50 cheaper than another, is that £50 really worth the stress that it's going to cause you in, in the long run? Um, you know, look very carefully as what's included in the in the price but also I think more importantly is find people you get on well with find an estate agent that you gel with find a lawyer that you gel with you know do they do things in the way that you like to do things can they contact you in the way that you like to be contacted for example um, so you know make sure you quiz people make sure you prepare questions like uh, what marketing exposure do you have on um, will I get a dedicated sales um, progressor um, you know make sure that everyone you're using is going to be as proactive as you want them to be um, because you know as well as price there are other things that are going to have a massive impact on your life like such as the length of time it's going to take you to sell your house and move into your your new dream property is that have I summed that up I think that sums it up nicely great okay so uh Kat how do we get in touch with you so as mentioned before we cover residential sales and lettings property management auction landing new homes and commercial we have eight branches across Swansea and Lethley and all our contact details are on our website and we can find you on all the normal social media channels absolutely excellent and <laughs> Emma how do we get in touch with you Okay, we've got um, a dedicated uh, quote email, which is yourhomemove at jcpsolicitors.co.uk. Um, or else, again, pop over onto our website at jcpsolicitors and all our details are on there. Excellent. And lastly, uh, one of the things I'm going to do in all of these podcasts is I'm going to ask all of my guests to give us some words of wisdom. So this can either be related to work or not related to work. So Kat, let us know what your words of wisdom are. Okay. So my new mantra is do something that scares you. So the good old fashioned face your fears, um, because what you'll either think after you do it is yeah, that was petrifying. I never want to do that again. Um, and in that case, it'll, it'll help build resilience or it might not be as bad as what you built up in your head. Um, and that really gives us confidence to step forward and face the next challenge. So for example, Amy, um, I have a fear of public speaking. So saying yes to this podcast for me, um, is really doing something that scares me and stepping outside my comfort oh, but zone. So natural. You did brilliantly. <laughs> you're too kind. Excellent. Thank you. You. So you faced your fears today. I did. Excellent. Okay, Emma, what's your mantra? Um, mine is, um, if it's something important to you, you'll find a way to do it. If oh. it's not, you'll just find excuses. And I think we've all been there when there's things that we don't really want to do. And we, we always manage to find an excuse, don't we? Absolutely. So it's either a definite yes, I'm going to do it. And if you start finding excuses, don't bother because it's obviously not important to you. I like Good that. Yes. Excellent yeah. take homes. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much to you both. Thank you. Thanks. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Let's Chat with JCP. If you want to chat with us, you can find us by searching JCP Solicitors online or check us out on your social media. 
Get in touch and we'll let you know if we can help. And if we can't, we'll signpost you to someone who can. See you next time. This podcast was recorded on the 9th of May, 2023. It does not constitute legal advice and is provided for general information purposes only. 